0: Welcome to episode nine of Chasing Life Thought Podcast for May 29th, 2023. You're really vibing there. You're rocking out to our intro music.
1: I was waiting for the drop.
0: <laughs> I think there, there's no beat. There's no beat to drop. <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like things are both slowing down and speeding up.
1: Today was one that it was a lot. That had to happen today. Last couple of days. Yeah. And then it's like,
0: poof. I think once we get past the next couple of weeks, like once we get the hay cut, I feel like <laughs> we,
1: we got done everything important just in time for hay and to start.
0: Yeah. Have you, you've seen that meme where it's like at becoming an adult is just saying, I just need to get through this week and then everything's going to be okay.
1: 52 times for 50 years.
0: For the rest of your life. But in all seriousness, like There's the gardens med- are yeah. planted.
1: There's a few little things to put in the garden still. A couple of things we want to start.
0: Yeah. And you're going to put drip hoses in so that we yeah. don't have to spend an hour and a half every day watering.
1: I only got the two new beds watered. Didn't get the old, old older ones. Figuring like... Wow.
0: They're a little bit more established. It's,
1: it's, it's dark now. Yeah. We need. We had other things to do before dark. Yeah. Worst case, we could have like pulled the gator over with the lights on and finished watering.
0: It took me about an hour and 20 minutes to get all the watering done this morning with the boys.
1: And I added some since then. Mm-hmm. So that's the project, I think, for this weekend. If I get a couple hours this weekend, I can probably get the drip hoses. And
0: I know that it's front-end time-intensive, but it will save yeah. us so much time
1: If it took an hour to water all of the gardens, the back is already done. We just need to hook it up. That'll take 10 minutes. Yeah. It'll take a couple hours to get the drip lines in the far one. If it takes you an hour, like in two days, you make up the time and then you're winning.
0: Well, I mean, it took me an hour and a half this morning and it took us half an hour this evening. And it didn't finish. Yeah. So, I mean... If you're looking at it in the, in terms of billable hours. So. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other one with the drip line is the, the reason why I did it on the original gardens, what we had on our raised bed stuff all out back. Um, I mean, A, it's automatic. You don't have to do it. Sorry. I'm all stuffed up from...
0: Being in the hayfield?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one is like most of the vegetables and everything are actually better off getting watered from the base, not on the leaves. Mm-hmm. You get rot on the leaves. So with la hoses, it's all, the water goes right into the, it's ruby or it's actually the calf kick hitting the.
0: No, I thought I saw something over here again.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, the water goes right into the ground so you don't get the rot on the leaves and stuff. And then the other one is you can actually spot it. Like, well, when we did the strawberries in the raised bed at the back those little tubes. So that's an emitter hose and you can actually put it Inject in. Inject right, it. Yeah. Right so you put it like not right at the base, but you yeah. know, a couple inches away from the base of the plant, so the roots are getting water <clears throat> and you can direct it exactly where you need it. So technically you save water doing that as well. Um, because well, we are and, putting and you a know, lot of water. you're not leaving
0: it in. to chance, right? Like you're not leaving it to remembering to water the garden. So. Oh,
1: that's, and that's why I did it the first place. I'm like, listen, I am not going to consistently come out here and be able to do this just with everything else we have going on. Um, you don't want to thing...
0: go to all that work to lose everything because you forgot yeah. to water it.
1: I mean, we got two weeks worth of forty-hour work weeks. Yeah, into the gardens on the side there. So, yeah, so we'll do that. Hopefully, this weekend, um, if I can scrounge up enough hose.
0: You're going away on Saturday. You're going to be gone yeah, for the day. On
1: that's Saturday. right. You're... Well, I guess I'm using the gator and using the work lights after hours sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll get that done.
0: Yeah, and I so. We've got Ruby milking reasonably well now, like getting her into the stanchion last week was probably the biggest hurdle that we had to overcome.
1: And now she pretty well goes.
0: Yeah. She walks right in. And I think the first time she did that, we were, I wasn't ready for her to walk right in. (laughs) I was like, I had my hands all twisted up. I didn't have the lead in properly. I couldn't get the head gate closed quick enough. And I was like scrambling to get everything done. But now I think we have both the like pre-milking procedure sort of lockdown where we like you were doing the jobs in the milk room I'm doing the prep jobs out at the stanchion and then we bring her out of the stall or in from outside as the case may be and she walks right in sometimes we need to bribe her with a little bit of chicken food yeah,
1: she usually pokes her head in and then you just got to get to the last couple of feet
0: she enjoys chicken food yeah. she it's like candy to her she just, she, like, she can be four feet dug in the ground and not budging. You bring out little ch- those chicken pellets, <laughs> she's all over it. Delaney
1: said her donkey's the same way.
0: Oh, really? That's funny.
1: Like, breaks down fence to get chicken food.
0: Oh, man. So Well, it works for Ruby, and we don't give her very much. We just give her enough to get her into her stanchion <laughs> if we need to. But, not even a handful. Yeah, we're not feeding our cow chicken food, don't worry. She's not going to start clucking like a chicken.
1: <laughs> Have you seen cow eggs? <laughs> seen, bla- are they black and white have you seen those memes <laughs> no there's a meme is like this is what we tell city folk or chicken it's like an ostrich egg oh this is what we tell city folk that are, are this is the cow's egg hmm. i'm sure there's somebody somewhere that believes it
0: i'm sure there's somebody asked me if we were going to milk the bull today and i just kind of tilted my head to the side like i've wanna... got
1: nipples greg can you milk me
0: do you want to go ahead and ask that question again
1: hmm. milking a bull is for a whole different reason
0: well, I invite you to try put a, a milking claw on that and see how you make out.
1: You could, you could do it by hand.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Are you proud it of is yourself? How they,
1: it is how they used to do it, old-fashioned. No,
0: that's good. I'm <laughs> moving right along. So we've got milking down to, like, what? what's our PR so far? Like 20 minutes milking washing buckets.
1: Yeah, pretty well. We're yeah. on that 20-minute mark.
0: Probably good, yeah. like good system going. We figured out that it was a better, I don't know if we talked about this last time, if we figured this out by the time we recorded last You had last the week. plugs
1: on order. We hadn't actually pulled that off yet. Yeah. Cause it was late in the week too. It wasn't, mm-hmm. we didn't record Monday and we didn't get a chance till Wednesday. We so.
0: recorded Wednesday night. So what we ended up doing, um, to make milking a little bit easier <coughs> on ourselves and Ruby, um, we ended up plugging two of the teat cups on the milking claw. And so we're just milking her. Half at a time, which maybe does take a little bit more time. But when you but figure that she's actually letting us milk her, we're actually getting milk. and It's not falling off. It's not falling off. It's not this whole rigmarole. Um, it's pretty efficient. and yeah. And the other bonus is we can milk her one half, and then Lionel can come and help with the other half, which actually really aids in letdown because what we were finding before she was holding up milk. So we're reserving milk and not letting down, um, saving it for the calf. So this way, if the calf is on nursing, then we're getting that full letdown and, and we're getting, I would say on average about seven liters per milking. Yeah. So right now we're still milking twice a day. We're milking morning and night. Um, Ruby has a little bit of edema in her udder. So, and it's like pitting edema. Like you push your thumb into her udder and it leaves a a, a bit of a dent. Um, So we're, we're trying to milk her to aid in flushing some of that out. We're also putting her out on the pasture to help her like, so she's walking and she's kind of flushing out some of that fluid. Um, So just kind of working with the advice of actually one of our members who's a dairy farmer has been really really helpful
1: peeking every time they come well and
0: i've asked her like do you mind like and she's she's so passionate about dairy farming that she's happy to do it and it's it's another one of these instances where like we have we have a circle of people who are willing to help and mentor us you just you just sometimes have to ask right like, just reaching out to Janet and saying, hey, do you mind taking a look at this for me? And she's more than happy to do. It. Like, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And she came in and checked on everybody last week and said that they're looking good. Like, she's... Yeah. she said like, calf looks good. He's such a spry little bugger. Like, he's... He thinks he's a horse. He goes... <laughs> he does. He gallops. Galloping around the, the barn while we're moving. In the hall
1: in the barn and then also out in the pasture. Yeah. And it, like... I'm starting to wish that we had like not trained Lucy out of like chasing everything. Yeah, because getting him in sometimes like so often when they're outside, we have him either in the cow in the cat. We have a little calf hutch, so we'll either put him in there if we don't want him. Kind of if he's going to be open an extended period of time, we can't keep an eye on him because we don't trust that, he, that he's smaller than the fences.
0: Sounds like we're getting a puppy.
1: Well, no. <laughs> <coughs> um, but, but, see. I keep are thinking about I it. I keep seeing livestock guardian dogs.
0: Like Great Pyrenees, like the big white ones. But
1: they won't, they won't, they're not, they don't, they don't act like a collie would to actually bring the cows in.
0: No, they just bark. Yeah. They just scare things away. Yeah.
1: They just, they're protectors. So mm-hmm. like it wouldn't, like that I'm like. Wah.
0: I don't know that I want to listen to a dog barking all night long though. If there's, cause we have coyotes. We caught one on the trail cam the other night.
1: Yeah. I put a trail cam up over the bee garden and had a, a picture of a coyote hanging out so
0: and that was the night that I came home late from yoga and so I think I scared it back there like I think the picture that you got was me scaring it and it ran back to the back of the property years
1: ago we've lost chickens to coyotes that was when they were when we were kind of free-ranging more with a smaller flock just layers and they um we came home late one night we were at a a tragically hip concert yeah we were at the hip concert and we came home and there was like feathers everywhere we're like oh because mm-hmm. we back then, we, took, we used to manually open and close the coop in the morning and night. And uh, we typically, if we were out like darkish, and we were for dinner or something like that, when we came home, we just kind of pulled the car back and flip the thing shut. And that time, it was pretty obvious what was going on.
0: Yeah, and in the past, our neighbor has rented out his fields to yeah. a beef farmer who brought cattle. Um, every spring and then took them every fall but for the last two or three years he hasn't had them back there so we haven't noticed any more coyote activity since that has happened but yeah they're they're definitely (laughs) around like there's definitely trace of them yeah lucy is a good um indicator of coyote activity like i think that they were up right by the arbor of the house because she was sniffing around the base of the arbor could be the rabbits we know there's rabbits yeah, out there i like, think it was maybe a coyote marking around there
1: anyways yeah I've, how
0: do we get talking about that dogs oh right because
1: um, i had to chase the calf so we put them out sometimes so we'll bring her in and then somebody's got to go out and wrangle the calf to get him in to help out with the milking because even just when he's around she milks better and he's
0: already getting so big like getting that halter on him i think we need to get a halter for him and leave it on him yeah, Like a buckle halter like we have for Ruby. Because so that rope halter we have to take on and off each time and he's getting too big.
1: I think it was yesterday when we were milking I was kind of like I had to act like a cutting horse. I was like <laughs> cutting him off like diving back and forth <laughs> like.
0: Today he was kicking as yeah. he was running like Like bucking. Yeah. yeah, Like all oh, you little shit.
1: I don't know maybe we could rent him out as a bucking uh, a bucking well bull. It would be a bull right? Like
0: We might not keep him long enough to have to worry about just, just for
1: Training for kids.
0: We'll just. Have you had milk-fed veal? <laughs> we're
1: not going to. We're not. We're going. We're not going to get rid of them that early. No. I don't think you
0: so. trust our fences to keep a bull in.
1: Wow, we're going. No, we're not going to. We'll. We'll castrate them.
0: Yeah, but still, do you think he's going to be a docile steer? Yeah, I don't. i'm not so optimistic we shall see he's a bit wild ruby control your kid she's such a loving mama though she's so sweet with him until he
1: headbutts her in the udder
0: even then she puts up with so much shit like (laughs) um he was in the calf hutch today so we put them out on the pasture together for the first time all day yesterday because up until He grew a little bit, like he's gotten taller in the past week. I didn't really trust that he couldn't slip out underneath one of the fences. So we were, I was very apprehensive about letting him be out on the pasture with Ruby until yesterday. So we let that happen. And then I think that maybe it was a little bit too much because it was quite hot. And I don't know that she lets him nurse as much as he wants to when they're out on the pasture together. I think it just ends up being like him chasing Ruby around the field. So I left them in the stall together after milking a little bit longer this morning and didn't let them out on the pasture until closer to lunchtime and put him in the shade in the calf hutch and kind of let Ruby do her thing and go for her walk. So that by the evening, they had been separated for four or five hours and she was ready to be milked and she was ready to be with her baby. Like they were both kind of like nuzzling against each other through the calf hutch. So it was pretty sweet to see she was. And
1: she walked right in. She
0: walked right in. We had a really I good milking. The, didn't even put the rope on her. Yeah.
1: She just. She had a halter on, but didn't even yeah. need to touch it. She just walked right up in the stanchion, put the head gate on.
0: She's getting good at it.
1: Clean her up and get the milker on.
0: Yeah, I had to do a little extra cleanup on her this morning. She had shitty titties, <laughs> <laughs> shitty titties, and Ruby's so, boobies.
1: Ruby's milking okay. Yep. We're still. We some some milkings are more challenging than others.
0: Especially when the power goes out. Yeah. Uh, That was frustrating. We kept tripping a breaker and...
1: The power in the barn here isn't the greatest, which is partly why I want to start looking at putting some solar on the roof and some... So we go off-grid, off-grid milking. Yeah. Um, I suppose we would end up doing the podcast studio too, because...
0: You know, that would be really great, because when the power kept going out yesterday, I was like, shit, how are we going to do this when the power goes out? Like, because, I mean, not lately frequently you know what we should do our power has gone out
1: i should plug the we should plug the milker into the goal zero and just right here just to see what the draw it is comes. see if it'll it'll, yeah. it'll handle it um so we got all the gardens in on the
0: weekend yeah
1: not all, not everything everything but like the bulk of everything's in
0: i felt like i did more um kid chasing oh jeez. on the weekend yeah um they
1: were a big challenge on sunday
0: they were well yeah especially we've Sunday, said it before we we're, we're in get... such a tough season with them they're just at really difficult ages where they're just fighting constantly and Hudson's in a very like attention-seeking season where he just you could spend your entire day one-on-one with him giving him all of the love and all of the attention and never saying no to him and giving him everything he needed and it still wouldn't be enough because you Gave him the wrong plate at dinner time, like that's the season that we're in. That's
1: gross. I'm not eating that. Yeah. Hey, Dad, do you want to hear a story? <laughs> hey, Dad, can you read this to me? Hmm. Hey, Dad, let's go outside. I want to play on the playground, the play center.
0: It's frustrating. Like,
1: I was literally plating dinner. Yeah. And he had his shoes on at the back door,
0: like, wanting to go outside and play with you.
1: Oh. Nobody were eating.
0: It's hard. It's hard to say no to him when he's verbalizing the need for attention. But at what point do you have to say like, dude, like stuff has to get done.
1: We got to eat dinner. Yeah. Come help. 10 after six. Mm -hmm.
0: So that made the weekend kind of challenging productivity wise. I mean, I took off on Friday night and went to yoga and that was delightful. Some an hour, two hours of restorative yoga. Which is basically just laying there like really, really long, slow, gentle poses and getting cuddled. It's pretty great. Like scalp massages and it's a little bit of Reiki and Jess and Jen kind of make their rounds and give you a little bit of love. And scalp massage and foot massage. And it's pretty dreamy. Sound bowls. Because and...
1: that's your favorite.
0: You know, I'm learning to like them. <laughs> I'm learning to like them. I think that the reason why I didn't like them is because I was, I and this is going to sound really woo woo, and I was never really like a believer in any of this stuff, but I think it was because my energy was so out of whack that I didn't like them. They just, they felt hectic when I listened to them. Now I can kind of like feel the vibration of the sound in my body and it doesn't make me want to crawl out of my skin. So, I think there's something to that. I don't know. Call me woo woo. So, Call me hippie. Whatever.
1: Adding to the weekend, I think Friday I got the email and sent it to you.
0: Oh, about the bees. We they got an my email and wrong.
1: said, "Hey, pick up for the bees is eight p.m. <laughs> after eight p.m. <laughs> on Sunday." I'm like, "Don't they know that we're in bed by eight? We don't leave the house."
0: Yeah, I made a joke this morning that I had to leave the house after uh, the, at eight o'clock on the weekend. <laughs>
1: I mean, it worked out and it was great to go see uh, the folks down there, Earth and Honeybee, mm-hmm. pick up all of our gear.
0: Melissa and Adam? Adam I believe so, the... yeah. Yeah.
1: We picked up our hives and found out some of the best news that I heard as we were driving, like, when we got there. All the whole drive there, I'm like, I'm going to have to go home and assemble all these boxes.
0: Did you know that they were going to come in pieces?
1: The boxes? Yeah. I was fairly certain of that
0: that was a surprise to me when you, when we were counting out how many boxes we needed to take home and all of the gear that we needed. He said six boxes. I was expecting him to come out with six boxes. No, no. He, he came, came out stack with of 24 wood. sides. Yeah, stack was of like, wood. Oh shit. And I could see the look of panic on your face. And that's why I asked how much time do we have with these <laughs> things? Like how much time do we have to get them from the nuke boxes into the, the B boxes into the wood boxes? She's like, uh, leave it for much more than three days and i could see your shoulders just relax that you're like oh good i'm so, not going to be up until two o'clock in the morning building bee boxes
1: i mean it took me what an hour and a half this afternoon
0: not very long i mean it took me longer to make dinner than it did for you to put the b boxes together
1: they do um they snap together like they're, they're all um dovetail like finger joints mm-hmm. um and then i i said to her i'm like what do you have to do? Like and she says, You don't really need to she's like, the instructions will, there was no instructions with them. That's what Hudson actually asked me. He's like, Did you read the cause he saw them all? He's like, mm-hmm. Did you read all the how did you put those together? I'm like, Well, it was actually pretty obvious, buddy. Like it's like, Did you read the instructions? I'm like, No, I've just kind of figured it out, bud. Like, I've seen B boxes. There's kind of only one way they go together. Like, it wasn't yeah. that hard, but um, yeah. Uh, so I said to her, like, do we gotta like glue everything in it? And she's like, No, not really. She's like they kind of say that. She's like, we don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. The bees like fill in all the gaps. She's yeah. like, no, nah, like they'll take care of all that.
0: The bee glue is, the, the bees glue is is the propolis. propolis and yeah. so that's like the sticky cement that they'll pack into the corners. It kind
1: of looks like beeswax. It, uh, but like darker and thicker. Yeah, and it's harder. almost,
0: it's clearer. I would say it looks more like caulking, like sap. Be kind of and it's like super not sticky like it's like a resin almost you put it in your mouth and it gets stuck to your teeth like you can eat it and it's you can make a tincture out of it um i want to just touch on something that someone said to me this week there it was julie that came by for a visit this week and she said um like how did you guys get started with this and she was somewhat astounded that like we don't have a farming background like everything that we're doing we're figuring out for the first time we weren't raised on farms we weren't raised knowing how to do any of this stuff and i think you know at, at the risk of sounding redundant like every step of the way with every project we undertake all of the inner workings and all of the details that kind of unfold as we get deeper into something are new challenges that we have to figure out. And I think like just to go back to why we started this podcast, it was to share those experiences yep. of like learning all those little things, learning that, you know, propolis is the, the caulking that holds the hive together and that and all of the things that you can do with be propolis like and i'm sure as we get into hive maintenance and taking the beehives you know doing our hive checks twice a month melissa said um there's going to be a lot more things that we learn as we go and experiences things that we learn as we go but like i think part of the thing that is really cool about what we're doing is our lack of fear of learning right like you know, we're not worried about the the what ifs. I think we just have such a co- cool confidence in ourselves that we'll figure it out. Like we might know not know what we're doing. We might not have all the answers. We have enough of an idea of what, we, what the end result is going to be that we can kind of stumble along and figure it out along the way. And plus, the internet is yeah.
1: th- like well, that's what the coolest with, place. That's what I did with the boys when we went inside while we were kind of finishing off dinner and everything. I was like... I don't remember some of this stuff. So, yeah. like, we pull up a video and was watching, like, uh, like getting your beehive set up, and mm-hmm. it was. I mean, after everything was assembled, it was like more of the functional. Like, and I didn't get to that part because we didn't. Hudson was really mad. He's like, we didn't get to the bee pooping part. He wanted to know bee if bees poop.
0: Oh my god, that kid is obsessed with poop <laughs> and butts and pee, and pee and farts and.
1: <sighs> Anyways, Boys. so that was uh, so we were doing that, but I mean, I think some of it is like the cow thing is very very new.
0: Yeah. And I think we kind of said this last week, like the risk of failure is a lot higher with the cow. I I think like if we, and I'm not going to take it lightly and I don't want this to sound like, like I'm being dismissive about bees because we treat them like any other livestock on the property, but they're bugs. Yeah.
1: Versus
0: a cow and a calf like that just seems like a much greater loss like I don't get me wrong I was devastated when we lost so we've had bees in the past we had 11 hives going into a winter one year and came out with two like we lost so many bees and that was devastating and I felt somewhat responsible even though we were working with a beekeeper I felt like there was more that we could have done to you know help save them um you know because the bee hives didn't get winterized properly. And so I think we could have maybe helped but manage I think that loss a little like, bit.
1: We, we've kind of weirdly over the years, like up until the last two years when we really accelerated a lot of the stuff.
0: That I, was it. That was a good sound.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not editing it out. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, I, I think like, we we've had chickens for eight eight nine years now Mm -hmm. we've had bees like on and off yeah for like four years Mm -hmm. like and and we didn't the chickens were ours like we did all the chicken stuff and that was kind of i think i think that was kind of one of the things that at the time we got the first chickens it was like we had no idea
0: and now looking back on it like chickens are easy yeah I mean,
1: and they were back then, actually. Matter of fact, I think they were easier back then, partly because we had this little coop that we just let them go. Now it's like it, wow, we used to find caches of eggs all over the place, and, like, <laughs> we didn't care that much. Now we're taking it a little more seriously. But I think, like, it was almost like, you know, we're, we're like, too young and foolish to know, like, how, what, what the responsibility is. Um, With the cows, obviously, like, I mean, you got an eight or 900 pound animal walking around in your barn. It's a little bit different. I mean, I did it when I had horses 15 years ago. It was like, I'm just like, yeah, we'll, we'll just have horses. Like I just throw. I, a little I think bit that
0: of... was less your idea. Well,
1: it, it was, but like, I didn't, I, it, it didn't stress me out as much.
0: As, as having cows, having horses didn't stress you out as much as having cows. It, it's not that it not that they
1: were any more or less, it was more like I I was just naive and I was just like, yeah, you just like give them, and they're they're cool. Like, but that's
0: kind of all you did with them. It wasn't like there was a whole, the damn thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. So like, I I tried a couple of times. We have to handle Ruby so many times a day. We have to handle Lionel so many times a day. So I think that, that makes the interaction a little bit more different. I think you're much more aware of your animals. Um, Behaviors, changes in behavior. Like, this is going to sound really bizarre, but I know every inch of Ruby's body because I've spent so much time with that heifer. And again, I don't think that this is something that people who have, you know, 20, 30, 50, 60 heads of cattle, they don't, they don't, they aren't as intimately aware of their animals as I am of Ruby. I think that just became how I spent time with her because I wanted to understand the changes that were going to happen in her body when she calved. And so now I think that's just an extension of like looking at her and understanding what's going on with her body as she's healing from the calf and making sure that everything's doing what it's supposed to do. So like when she's got an, you know, one of her udders is a little bit swollen, we milk that one first because I'm like, Kate, we need to get the milk out of that one first. I don't know where I'm going with this or why I got off on such a tangent, but like, you know, discovering all of these little pieces as all of the processes unfold, it's, it's a part of the learning process for us. I don't know. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of things. I mean, we've said it, I've said it with my businesses and whatnot. People say like, well, how did you know? Like, why did you make that decision? Why did you make this? And like, well, we didn't, it wasn't as much about making a decision as doing the obvious thing. And I think and this, that people look at the end
0: result and look at the success and go like, oh my God, you did this thing, but they don't look at the, the path to get there, well, and, and especially some, with your businesses.
1: Yeah. And I think some of it is we made some obvious decisions. And the other part is like, with what we're doing here, even like, I mean having the gym and and all the other things people are like oh you're so lucky i'm like it's good yeah, luck has nothing to yeah, do with it there's no luck. like you have no uh, follow me around for a day yeah like i don't think i think a lot of people under <clears throat> because i mean when you see it on instagram like i mean look at the two made the two biggest viewed videos on our instagram page yeah. it's the like cute little like ducks swimming in a tub or like the like sunset views of like calves in in a field. And they see that and they're like, yeah, we just get a cow, put it in field. Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody's, I said this, I've said this to like my younger employees at my office. I'm like, you don't be jealous of somebody for something you would do if you had the chance. And don't be jealous. of Somebody who's doing something that you won't put the hard work into do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and as I say, like, I don't think people realize sometimes People go, wow, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, you don't even know.
0: It feels like things are happening overnight for us right now because they've been, like we've been laying the groundwork (laughs) for these projects for a long time. Like we've been planning and like working towards having this cow for a year. Like it was a year ago that we decided that we wanted to have a cow this year and that we had to start thinking about pasture and hay and grass and all of that stuff. And it, it took that much time of like putting it out there and getting in touch with Mike and
1: you well, know and I think that's the other thing people don't realize like I've said stuff to people I'm like yeah we're gonna do this and people I think people go like yeah right okay and and for a long time like we've we said it you said somebody a year ago yeah we're gonna have a cow and people a lot of people are like yeah right and then nothing happens for months and months and months mm-hmm. and months so like you don't understand I think the way that we look at a lot of stuff is I mean with like I mean like it's, I mean we haven't been able to get down and actually do an orchard or anything like that but that's like a like you do that now for 5 years from now. Right. Like and that's what a lot of the things are like I spent how many countless hours building a milk room in there mm-hmm. before we even had a cow with the idea of she was like here. this is going to be the thing. Like I mean, it was tearing stuff out before she was ever here even but yeah. um like this is the direction we're going and like, you don't see that you don't no, see me and locked I in the barn tearing things apart and putting up walls and
0: you and i are very similar in that when we've decided something it's it's not a okay maybe it's not a right now but it's gonna happen yeah absolutely yeah
1: and that's the like and that's what i say like some people are like yeah okay whatever like we, we always talk about like, we're going to get in an RV and like go on months long road trip with the boys and stuff to do like homeschool stuff. Like yeah. we're going to teach them geography and history by driving across the country. Yeah. People are like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm like, that's, I mean, we may change our mind later, but. Like, yeah,
0: I can see that happening within the next four years.
1: Yeah, and that's just it. Like people, like we said it two years ago with Hudson and people are like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it'll probably happen. Like, yeah.
0: Within the next three to four years, we'll hit the road for a few months a year. When Olivia has graduated from high school and. We have a little bit more freedom. We can have someone come and do a farm stay and live it at the house. And I mean, all
1: all the milk and eggs you can, you can eat.
0: Yeah. And a beautiful house to live in like
1: gym in the backyard.
0: Yeah. Dude. Who wouldn't want to live here for three months?
1: (laughs) I I said it being a COVID. I'm like, if I got to get locked in somewhere, man,
0: it's paradise.
1: (laughs) Once all the work's done,
0: even, even when the work isn't done, it's a hell of a lot of fun to live here. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I just would like to
0: sit and enjoy it for a minute. A couple more weeks. Let's get the hay yeah. off.
1: Let's just say, like, and that's the thing. We're we're hitting that tipping point now. The gardens are in. Once the water's in on those, like, and it's not absolutely imperative. It's annoying to have to water it when you know you could set all this stuff up and everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, a lot of it is like that. Was kind of sit and wait for a little while.
0: I might have found a part-time farmhand for you. So yeah. That might ease a little bit of burden well, if we can get that arranged. And we
1: might have a lead on a farm stayer.
0: Yeah. She'd we... totally do it. I should ask her what she's doing the first week in August.
1: <laughs> when, when are we going to Collingwood?
0: Oh, fuck. That's in July. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're going to Collingwood for UG. We rented yeah, I... a cottage up there for, for the gym. We're going to go up that way.
0: UG series is um, a... A competition I was gonna say a weekend competition it's just one day um up in Collingwood and there's a few of us that are putting in teams and myself included I'm on a, a scaled team it's gonna be so much fun Such so we did we,
1: this last year we had a team in so we rented a cottage and kind of went up to support the team and had a little barbecue afterwards and whatnot so we rented the same place and because it's whatever like 10 minutes away and, and
0: it's a big house like yeah. we can fit 12 people in it
1: it's on the water no beach but it's on the water yeah it's nice beautiful spot. it's got a hot tub and stuff so we're gonna do that so we need somebody to come and stay for that and then uh we have our our ye- our summer cottage that we always wow well, we don't re- we don't always rent a the cottage we rent a cottage in general we go we move around a little bit
0: yeah i don't want to have our own cottage taking care of a second property
1: it doesn't even, it doesn't even make financial sense no
0: it's not even a blip on the radar nope. no um Just more gym stuff. We um, are going to be maybe shifting gears a little bit with our programming. Um, We've been with Chris Spieler since we opened the gym. And we've been working with Chris Spieler since like 2016 as individuals. Like you did his Icon Athlete programming and we spent a bunch of time down in in Park City, Utah at his athlete camps. And when he decided that he was going to do affiliate programming, it was just... It was a no brainer that we were going to have him program for us. And so now it kind of seems as though his programming style is drifting a little bit further and further away from CrossFit. And I've been saying to the members, um, like we're a CrossFit gym. We, we pay good money to be a CrossFit gym. I want our programming to look like CrossFit and it's Chris's programming is looking less and less like CrossFit. So we ha- we're we kind of at a bit of a crossroads with programming with the gym. So we're, we're going to try some things out. We're going to test some other programs out. We're going to see how, um, you know, some different programming packages look. My biggest concern is that we can still do CrossFit and keep our athletes moving well and injury free. Because, again, knock on wood, we've had a lot of... Um, we haven't had a lot of injuries. I've worked at other gyms where it's just kind of the cost of doing business that someone's always managing some kind of injury. But I would take that really, really personally if our members were getting hurt in the gym. So we've been able to keep everybody moving really well and safely and injury free. And I want I want to continue on that trend. So the programming that we, that we look at um, is going to have to tick a lot of boxes. So we're going to test fly some and see what the members think of them. So I thought I never imagined what leaving Chris le- like leaving Chris's programming would look like. I just kind of always thought that we would stay loyal to Chris, but I think that like I'm not, I don't feel sad or emotional about parting ways if that's what needs to happen.
1: We got to do what's best for the gym.
0: Yeah. The I mean Chris is a amazing human being like it's just if he's making different decisions for his gym and and his athletes then we don't necessarily need to go down that road with him so we got decisions to make so that's that with the gym
1: what else did you make
0: i made butter <laughs> and yogurt <laughs> the yogurt was so easy um i've made yogurt before but i made so Another thing that came up in chatting with some people about the podcast, um, we've been uh, requested to include recipes because we talk about some of the things like family favorites and we don't link to recipes. So I guess we're linking to recipes when we talk about food. Blog posts. Uh-huh. <sighs> I don't have time for that. I do not have the energy for that ever. Not today, not tomorrow. I can't add that to my plate. I will send you the link and you can put it in the show notes with pictures and that's going to have to be good enough. I'm not making blog posts. We don't, sorry, I can't. (laughs) So I made instant pot yogurt and because we want to keep the milk As close to its raw state as possible. Most recipes that I saw, um, you had to heat the milk to almost like scald it because it changes the structure of the proteins in the milk and that's what makes it set and firm up. But because, excuse me, we want to keep the milk as close to its raw state as possible, I don't heat it up that much. And so what I did was added a couple scoops of gelatin. That was the, the this recipe, like a low temp yogurt recipe included gelatin. Um, so you add a little bit of starter yogurt to it. So I bought like the thickest possible yogurt I could find. So make sure that I got like a really firm texture to the yogurt. Cause I don't like it when it's runny. I like thick yogurt. Um, and what I did differently this time too. So you leave it in the instant pot for the culture to sort of mm, ferment. I don't know if that's the right word um for like 10 hours so you just put it in the instant pot leave it with the lid and it goes whatever and then you put it in the fridge to set but what i did instead of just putting it in the liner pot in the instant pot is i put it in small mason jars and poured it right into the jars and then it just then it's good to grab and go you don't have to scoop it out of the the bigger vessel or whatever because i found last time scooping it out of the liner pot and into a jar was a messy and it and b it looked chunky and that like our kids are kind of weird that way if something looks chunky or the girls the girls yeah yeah yeah. the boys don't give a shit but the girls are a little bit pickier um they won't eat it
1: (laughs) the boys love the gross stuff
0: yeah the girls won't eat it so i half filled to the um 250 mil mason jars so that because Maya likes making yogurt parfaits. So left room for her to put like her fruit and granola and what have you on top. And they are really tasty. I added some maple syrup and vanilla. Just a little bit of maple syrup.
1: And then you did a butter.
0: And then I made butter. <laughs> that was fun.
1: <laughs> Never ever ask Cherry to make butter for anybody else.
0: It's gonna cost you eighty two dollars a pound. That wasn't no, the like legit, like, like eighty-two dollars a pound.
1: Yeah, to feel like it was worth it. Yeah, for the amount of milk you have to put in and the time and the like.
0: So we did get a cream separator, so that makes our job a little bit easier. You're not like skimming cream off of a hundred jars of milk. We can put one milking through the cream separator and end up with, you know, a pretty, a decent amount of cream. So the cream that I used to make the butter was from one milking. Yeah. So we put it through the cream separator and ended up with about a liter of milk. And I bought this really pretty, like, ornamental... Liter of cream. Cream. Yes, sorry, cream. Thank you. Um, and I... So I put it in the jar from the fancy butter churn and I stuck it in the fridge.
1: You bought a hand crank butter churn.
0: It's cute. And so I... And useless. <laughs> I had to search, like, what temperature is the best temperature to churn butter because... I knew that it mattered, but I didn't know if it was better to do when it was warm or cold. So I just stuck it in the fridge and then had to leave it sit to come up to room temperature because it's better at about 15 degrees. So I had to stick a thermometer in it and kind of wait for it to come up. So I thought it would be super fun and cute to get Hudson to help me with this butter churn. Well, that turned into a Battle Royale friggin' WWF wrestling match between the boys because it was Hudson's turn to turn the handle, and it was Bo's turn to turn the handle, and I could just see this jar of cream going flying all over the place. So we turned that handle probably for about ten minutes, and I took that. Hudson the... was putting on his speed booster. He sure was. He was going so fast. Am I going so fast, Mama? Yeah, buddy, so fast. I should like we try to include them in as many as of these experiences as they will tolerate, and I think we have to have, you know reasonable expectations of how much time we're going to get out of the boys like how long are we going to capture their interest so it was about you know five to seven minutes of whipping this handle as fast as we both could and it was kind of fun to make it a game and like make a race out of it so i thought i would open the lid to see how much progress we were making and it was like barely whipping cream it's like, okay, well, it's time to whip out the big guns here. So I have a, a pretty powerful KitchenAid mixer and and a mixer stand in my new kitchen. So we took the mixer stand out and put the the big KitchenAid stand mixer and whisked it. And even then, like it was high speed for probably another like five or seven minutes. Yeah. Um, oh, I should order the splash card for that. I'm going to write that down because um, it was splashing the cream all over the place. And so... It happens so fast, hey? It,
1: it takes forever and then all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. In an instant. It goes from whipping cream to like chunky butter. If you want to try make whipping, uh, make butter at home, you totally can do this. It's not going to yield very much, but if you get a carton of heavy whipping cream and put it in your KitchenAid mixer or hand You'll mixer. You'll know when it goes to. Yeah. So if you're looking at it make going. Make whipping cream and then keep going.
1: If you're looking at it going, is it butter yet? The answer is no. Yeah. (laughs) Because you'll know. You'll know. So it it gets like... like, five seconds, it tips.
0: All of the fat globs stick together and then all of the liquid comes out. And the liquid is... Buttermilk. Buttermilk. So um, you let it set and then you kind of strain it off into a cheesecloth or a colander. And then you have to get all of that buttermilk out to make sure that the butter um, doesn't spoil because if you leave any of that buttermilk in the fat, it'll make the butter spoil more quickly. So squeeze all of that buttermilk out. And then we reserved the buttermilk. We used it for pancakes this morning and that was delicious. Um, but then you have to wash the butter. You have to wash it with cold, cold water to get all of the buttermilk out and you have to press it and like squeeze it and
1: meditate on it. It's
0: very relaxing until the water turns clear. And then, um, sprinkle it with some salt and mold it and mark it with a bee, and put it in the oven. No, don't put it in the oven, put it in the fridge. Um, and then I just wrapped it with some parchment paper and
1: yeah. And then we had bacon and eggs and toast for dinner.
0: Yeah. Because we were out all day in the gardens and then had to leave to go get the bees. So dinner was bacon and eggs last night. (laughs) It was a, it was a good dinner. It was great. Yeah. I think like, again, talking about, you know, how much time we're spending outside and how much time we're investing in all of these projects, that time has to come from somewhere. And if we are both outside, either managing the boys or running the, around it on the property, you know, dinner times aren't going to be these glamorous, you know, elaborate meals that I used to make when we didn't have kids.
1: <laughs> no, but, and that's what, like, we still have a nutritious meal and we still sit down together.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely that's a that's a non-negotiable for us.
1: <clears throat> we're we're both like
0: Yeah, I'm it's in my th- I'm in my throat. You're in your nose. I'm
1: going to sneeze any second.
0: <clears throat> oh, so I made some critter ritter spray for you? Yeah. The cuz we had some little Westley rabbits in the the field and that cayenne pepper that I put in it made me sneeze. Oh. But I put it in a trigger sprayer. Yeah. So I made a a critter spray out of um cayenne pepper castile soap and vinegar and water and the sprayer that i put it in clogged immediately so we'll have to find another sprayer to put it in
1: but I one of those yeah
0: the pumps i was thinking about that for the bee garden in the back because we need to get some water on that because we haven't had rain in a long time and there's not any forecasted so we gotta get some water back there i was thinking about getting one of those pump sprayers and just leaving it in the back of the gator
1: i don't think there's enough throughput on that to water anything what do you mean it's, it's like two gallons of water.
0: I think you can get big ones. I'm going to Google it. Are you? I'll have it here by that's, tomorrow. Yeah, what's in your <laughs> Amazon shopping cart? <laughs> hey. hey, that's a great question. No, your I haven't. Fun, I, your no. funnels got delivered today. I know. I saw that. I yeah. have a different question for you. Um, but I, do we have anything else that we want to talk about before we talked about the bees we talked about the gardens
1: so we put so today literally just before we recorded we put the bees together so i had the boxes all together and we wanted to wait till dark until like right after sunset or not after sunset but just before the sun went down so just before we came in to record we both donned our bee suits and backed up and set up all the new boxes
0: i was terrified
1: yeah, it was um,
0: like we didn't get stung, but I know that it's going to happen eventually, and I don't know why. Like
1: opening that box and hearing that sound, like I've been around hives before. We've opened hives before. Like I've been there without a bee suit before. Yeah, now, I've not handled the 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 uh, the frames without it. But so we, today, when it was on us, it was it definitely felt a little different. And mm-hmm. the the um, the din, the hum, was a little bit different when it's like in your hand and you can feel it.
0: So we got two four-frame nukes. So a nuke, again is nucleus, a box with four frames, a queen, and a whole bunch of bees. So we got that times two. So we have two hives going. So colonies, let's call them. Um, and one of the boxes tipped over somehow. Yeah. Whether the wind. So we got home late or... last night.
1: We knew we didn't have to do them, but we wanted to put them in place. So we set them out back in the in the little. Had that we had all set up for them and uh this i don't know when it was it was upright this morning because mm-hmm. it was windy I, today this morning i had to go back and uh they put a close on the like closure on the the top of on the the, uh, the door um i was after driving them home for 45 minutes last night and i picked them up and heard the sound i was like i am not opening that t- i know that they don't need to go out yet uh, in the morning i'll come back and open them up so this morning I threw my B suit real quick and went back and opened them up and then booked it the heck out of there because <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm not I'm hanging around here.
0: Not today, Satan.
1: Well, because I don't know. and They were chill this morning. Yeah. Um. So later on, Hudson and I and Bo went back real quick in the gator and I, to be honest with you, didn't notice.
0: That it was tipped over. No, I
1: did know. That's when I did notice. Yeah. So this morning it was up, right? This afternoon it was tipped over.
0: So... I don't know. We put the the one that was upright together first. So we put it in the bee box. We put all of the frames in. We put the inner lid on. We put the outer lid on. We got it all set up. And then we went to the one that was tipped over. And having seen the frames that went into the first one, the second one, there was definitely less
1: bees. It might just be because there was less bees. Yeah.
0: I don't know. So I hope it's okay. I hope that the queen is still in there. We have to maybe just give it a couple of days and see how it goes and maybe check in on that one sooner than, than 10 days. Melissa said that we they'll probably be good for the next 10 days or so. And then I made an appointment to go and hang out with her and do some hive checks on their property. So I'll bring my bee suit and clubs and whatnot. And she'll probably laugh at me, but I will be yeah, protected and going to go check that out and spend some more time with her.
1: So do that was today. Check. Honestly, that I it. mean,
0: I was nervous going back there, but it wasn't difficult. Like, it wasn't hard.
1: No. And, I mean, I know, I mean, we've had, uh, well, the first beekeeper we worked with, he didn't even use a suit. No. He would do everything without it. And I was like, Rrr. He just raw-dogged it. And now, <laughs> I I, I, on, I not even a <laughs> laugh? <laughs> I was, not for him. Not for him, <laughs> no. Um, I was thinking, I'm like, I can imagine being at the point where, like, I don't think I would do big transfers like that. But, like, I can imagine, like, doing a quick check and just, like, popping the lid off without it.
0: You're a liar.
1: (laughs) But today, certainly having the suit made me... It's a little more comfortable. Although, I didn't take my legs off and I was like, is there a bee in my pants?
0: I stuck my... I rolled my pant leg and then stuck it in my boot, but then I felt, like, the gap between my boot and my foot. And I'm like, "Mm, if a bee goes in here, I'm definitely getting stung. It's not going to go up my pants, but I'm definitely getting stung.
1: So, bees are set up. Yep. Milking and water now. And collecting eggs.
0: Yeah, we're just Butchering soon. We're almost ready to hit cruise control.
1: Butchering soon. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> when are we doing hay? And chicks. When are we doing hay?
0: Oh god, you're you're filling June up. So yeah. hay is probably gonna be in the next like two weeks. So it's butchering ten days to two weeks. Butchering where is marked on the calendar for June twenty seventh.
1: Is it that late? I thought it was earlier than that. No. Okay.
0: So do you want to, do you want to answer my question?
1: Sure. What's your question?
0: What is one thing that not many people know about you? I don't know. Like fun fact, fun bill fact.
1: I don't know. Depends on who you talk. Like listeners, there's lots of things listeners don't know. Yeah. But if it's like people that I know, I mean, I'm pretty open. I talk about everything. What do you think?
0: What do I think that people would be surprised to know about you? Yeah. Um, Well, I think that everybody kind of knows that you're a techie gear guy, but I don't think that most people know that you went to school for computer programming. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think that that's something that people know about you very much and that you belong to the four by (laughs) four club.
1: Did that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was before. Well, that was actually right around when I was in school. So like, yeah, like a nerdy redneck. That's this guy. (laughs) Yes That's a good one I don't have a
0: question You could ask me the same question What do you think? What? That would people be surprised to know about me? Um, That I don't have post-secondary education
1: Yeah I mean Nowadays, I mean, in our generation, it was like everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's the, like, the only reason I went to college was because my dad, my parents were like, you have to go to college if you, I'm like, I have a job. Successful, yeah. I'm like, I have a job. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. So, and it was d- like, I did try to like,
0: go back a little bit when, after I had Hannah. I, I thought that my um, success depended on me having a degree because that's just, you know our generation. That's what the world tells you. Yeah, now. and so I tried to go back to university after Hannah was born, and it was too much. It was just way too hard.
1: Yeah. I did two years in college for computer programming. I don't think I could have. I, I have friends that went to to like university for for computer sciences, and I'm like, I don't think I could do that.
0: I went to Western to get a sociology degree. <laughs> yeah what
1: (laughs) how many credits did you get
0: a semester like i did a a term
1: i don't think i could survive a term at university yeah like i don't i I don't i i i have lots of work ethic i i don't that i cannot like i just i don't have that like even in college i did almost no homework
0: yeah i don't even remember if i did any homework (laughs) i don't recall um
1: but man are we learning shit now
0: yeah, and and I think <laughs> like you know, a student of life. I've done every job under the sun. That is I've one done...
1: thing that's always yeah. like you're like, oh, and that one time I worked here and did this, I was like, I was, like it's been a little while.
0: I think it's... by this time you know all of the jobs that yeah. I've ever had. Like,
1: is there anything that you think that I? It's like that, like so. Oh, I also worked at like you worked at a bunch of restaurants. Like, don't pull yeah. up. Like, I also worked at this restaurant for a couple of weeks. Like, that's that's yeah. like. You, you you had a serving job. Did like, you know
0: that I worked at Western you, as a yeah, re- yeah, research assistant? Yeah, yeah, did
1: the research stuff.
0: Um,
1: I might not remember it all, but when you say it, I'm like, yeah, I did know that. Partly because, don't blame me, you've had a lot of them.
0: I have, yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. I've done, you know, a, a long and varied list of things. Um, but that's because I worked from... Oh,
1: and sometimes there was three yeah. overlapping.
0: Yeah. I wor- I worked a lot. <laughs> And I see, I can speak Italian a little bit, un poquito, and a well, un poco, un poco,
1: poco. And a tiny bit of Spanish,
0: a little bit of Spanish, a little a bit, bit of French.
1: French. You're the, you're the, you're the, I'm just, I'm the dumb American when we travel, I'm not even American, but like, I just, I try a little bit of Spanish or something, but yeah, you're the one that gets us by when we're off the beaten path and Lord knows what country.
0: Yeah. That's a good skill to have, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I and mean, I don't think that, you know, like knowing that I ha- don't have post secondary education is going to make people think less of me or think that I'm dumb. Like, I mean, I've been. I trying don't think to anyone in, would ever describe me as dumb.
1: I mean, when Hannah did a year at university, at college and didn't like it, a semester and didn't like it, where I was like, "Don't then." Yeah, like, I
0: know she really beat herself up over that, but it didn't really phase us too much.
1: No matter if I mean. We're the ones going to homeschool kids and hope they never go to university.
0: Yeah. Unless universities drastically change, but. Yes.
1: Well, the problem now is like, especially now, like when we were kids, when we were university age, like you, it did actually translate to a job. Yeah. That's not. The thing.
0: No, it it still translates to a job just at Starbucks. The
1: same job that you're working during university. <laughs> Anyways. So we got, I got some gator parts coming because I went over to the John D. What did you kit. get? You did, we didn't t- even talk the tool about The rack, two of the, and two of the bucket holes. That was it. There was No a snorkel hole. kit? I actually took apart the air filter the other day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering how many times we ripped through the freaking knee high grass out there with all of the dandelion fluff.
0: Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? The baler. You got the baler set up. That's right. We, we bailed did. hay on the weekend.
1: So we talked about you cutting the hay. We raked and baled it on the weekend, so I have like what eight bales sitting on the trailer.
0: Yeah, I think there's more than that. I, I think there's twelve. Is there that many? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So we did some baling. That's Ruby, fun. Ruby's been eating our freshly baled hay while she's in her stall with the calf. So mm-hmm. and the calf's even nosing through it a little. Yeah,
0: it's really cute. It took it was, a little bit, and I'm not was, I'm not good with the
1: thing yet, but
0: we'll figure it out. We got nine acres to play with. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it right. Yep. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's it. That's a wrap. All right, folks. See you next week.